This is a Rooster Teeth production. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestling with the Week, uh, where we take the last seven days, we kind of Boston Crab-style crunch them into a bite-sized podcast. I'm James Willems, joined by Scorpio Sky. James, what a week. I what am sitting here. It's a beautiful day. I've got my Nespresso mm-hmm. coffee with me. Look at you, huh? Well, it's <sighs> early. Life is good. <laughs> you know what? Life I don't good. drink coffee at all. Never have. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Like opening up with a bombshell here. Like, okay, <laughs> let's 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 dig in this hole now. Okay, okay. What's going on? What do you have against coffee? And and why are you um, evil? Well, when I was a boy. I, I remember very distinctly, it was third grade, I was cornered by some coffee in a dark hallway. And uh, ever since then, I said, I will never consume. No, I just never got into it. I, I just never kind of, it's always one of those things where maybe your parents hand you a coffee or you're like at a, I don't know, what, summer camp? I don't know. I don't know how most people pick up coffee, but whatever it was, I completely missed it. Um, and I never got hooked on it, so I never needed it. So, you know, so uh, what do you do? Do you drink tea? Uh, are, are you an energy drink guy? Like, what do you do when you need that boost? I don't. That's the thing. I my body naturally produces energy like the cavemen did. And uh, and so I don't know, like I definitely feel it days that I don't eat well. I try and eat nutritiously and days that I don't eat well, I'll definitely feel it um, and get a little <laughs> fatigued towards the end of the day. But for the most part, I'm pretty good about keeping my energy level. I don't do energy drinks either. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Well, for, I'm for the people that aren't X-Men and have natural energy, <laughs> uh, we like to drink coffee. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I might have like sometimes two, three cups a day. You know, Matt Jackson of the Young Bucks is a huge coffee drinker. I always joke mm. with him uh, about saying like his action figure should come with like a coffee cup accessory because... <laughs> If you go back, like you watch a lot of the BTE, like or just any behind the scenes things, it's always him walking and he's always got a coffee cup with him. He's like he's maybe like five or six cups a day guy, like maybe more. That might even be underselling it. He's really big in coffee. Him and Dana, his wife, were actually the ones that got me into Nespresso coffee, and it is so good. It's the best coffee I've ever had. Is it so as as a complete? coffee virgin is it good because it tastes good or is it is it good because the effects it provides you are the best effects i genuinely don't know so um i I will be honest with you actually like i don't really feel like coffee gives me that much of a boost i just enjoy drinking it as far as this goes it's really tasty it's really good there's something just like comforting about drinking coffee Mm -hmm. um i and i really don't think it keeps me awake because sometimes the aew filming days are really long and i might drink six or seven cups of coffee a day and i always think like oh i'm not gonna sleep a wink tonight but mm-hmm. 15 minutes after i walked into the hotel lobby i'm in my bed like oh, i'm just like knocked out and yeah. so uh it's just it's just nice it's something to do and it's a social thing i enjoy it man yeah i get that i it just mm. it's one of those it just never clicked for me also i was like growing up i was kind of like my parents were open with a lot of things with me. And so like, I remember trying beer when I was very, very young and going like that tastes icky. Why would I drink that instead of Tang, you know? And then, so then that mentality held for like the next 20 years where it's like, why ever, why would I drink beer? I have Tang, you know, I was (laughs) the exact same way. When I was a kid, I loved root beer. 
And uh, we were having a family party once, and I was just, you know, a little kid walking around. And I look, and I see a can on uh, mm-hmm. the coffee table, and it says beer. And yeah. I think that means root beer, because I didn't know what beer was. So I took a big old chug of it, and I was like, like this is terrible. terrible. Like, I hated beer yeah. until, like, for so long. And yeah. uh, even now, like, I'm not a huge beer drinker, but uh, I'll get into it here and there yeah. sometimes. It's got to be something light and crisp, you know, like a Corona or... Something like that. Well, it's it's the perfect thing. I feel like beer is a perfect thing to have, like, to sip on for me. Like, people that are like, oh, I'm going to get a, you know, 24-pack and just like, get completely drunk on beer. I'm like, there's better ways. Um, but yeah. uh, I, it is the kind of thing where if you have, like, a nice, crisp beer, like you're saying, on a beautiful day or whatever. Um, I, in L.A. specifically, you, you and I are both SoCal residents. And so the beauty there, unfortunately, recently... It's not a good time to have beer in L.A. because the weather is garbage. It's so strange because I heard it it snowed uh, in, like, certain parts of Southern California recently, which, like, I'm amazed by that. Like, I, I believe, like, Pasadena is even one of the cities, which isn't that far from where I live. And, it's crazy. You know, I we got a good amount of wind a few days ago, but mm-hmm. snow... I, I can't even imagine it. That's weird. Did you experience, you see any of that? I mean, it's been raining. It's been raining a lot and it's freezing. Like, I feel like sometime last week I was out in shorts and a t-shirt and I mean, freezing is I'm Southern California freezing. Um, I always like to, I always have to specify that. So that way someone from Massachusetts doesn't chime in and go, <laughs> oh, excuse me, freezing. I can't, my eyebrows froze. Um, but like it's basically, you know, I walk my dog. And so when I'm walking around the neighborhood, I have to layer jackets and wear gloves, which seems insane to me for Los Angeles weather. But yeah, it's been wet and cold. These are things that I was not promised. <laughs> well, I will say, you know, I actually love winter fashion and mm-hmm. fall. So any mm-hmm. opportunity I get to wear a scarf or to wear a top coat or, you okay. know, just to layer in general, mm-hmm. like I enjoy it. I don't necessarily like the cold, but I like mm-hmm. the look of dressing in the cold. <laughs> that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that, that you don't get too much out here. That completely makes sense. I am also. I was having a discussion with someone else recently about being a scarf guy. Oh, like yeah. scarfs are great. They're awesome and just really nice. And the whole the whole concept of like I'm getting ready to go out. Whoosh, yeah, and like pulling it around your neck. <laughs> and then for some reason it actually works. Like it actually feels, it, scarves are great. And there's yeah. like different ways of styling them and wearing them. And they just like, they're such a cool accessory, you know, like you mm-hmm. can get them like, and, and I'm obviously all deep into it. So like you, you can do things like I'm going to match my scarf to my shoes or I'm going to match my scarf to my, you know, pants mm-hmm. or whatever. Like you just, there's different things you can do. And, and like I said, it just looks so cool. Like a person wearing a scarf looks so put together. And then yeah. if you think about like all the old movies where like the dad comes in out of the snow and he's like taking his gloves off and he's taking his, you know, a scarf off. Yeah, and it yeah. just looks so cool, man. Like it I, does look I wish cool. we got more opportunities to wear it. Like out here in SoCal, it has to, what do like scarf weather is what? Like 78. <laughs> Like yeah, like I guess so. If you really want to wear a scarf, you could get away with it around 78. Yeah, you have to be able to travel, which is something obviously people haven't been doing for the last year that much. But like, I like traveling to a place. My wife, she's Canadian. And so if we ever get an opportunity to visit her family, we, you know, 
we don't necessarily pick the winter, but if we do pick the winter, it's like I I'm always kind of like, all right, here we go. What jacket am I going to wear? Like, what am I, what scarf am I going to bring? I get excited. But then by the like the end of the five day vacation or whatever, I'm like, I got to get out of here. Get me back. <laughs> what part so, of Canada is your wife from? She's in she her family's from Toronto. So, oh, OK. Yeah. The six. The six. Yeah. I, I was the, like, I, so I, I did a show in Toronto a few years ago and mm-hmm. um you know, I was cutting a promo in the ring and like, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I was all like feeling good. I was like, I'm going to hit a Drake lyric on these people. They don't even know what they're about to get hit with. Like, yeah. and in my mind, I'm thinking like, I think I said something like, you know, SCU just got into town, immediately started running through the six with my woes or something like that. I don't uh-huh. know what it was stupid. It was a Drake line. Yeah. And, but in my mind, I'm thinking like when I hit that Drake line, I'll run through the six with my woes. Everybody in the crowd is going to be like, Oh, Mm-hmm. he's in he's he's one of us and, but yeah. what happened was like what happened was i actually hit the line and it was dead silent and i heard and then i heard a few boo like i was like okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so well like, like, they're not drake fans out here like what's according happening? to my wife it was referred to as the t-dot for a very long time until drake came in and tried to rename it the six and so that you may have been met with some mild resistance on the fact that people still want to refer to it as the T dot. I didn't know that uh, Drake is the one that labeled it the six. I, I, I thought that the, was just the name. I think he's the one who mainstreamed the six. I don't know if he came up with it, but I think I think he's the one who kind of mainstreamed the six. I found Ooh. this out very recently, but I guess there's a lot of politics over the nicknaming of the the GTA as it were, um, the greater Toronto area. Um, but yeah, and Drake, Drake is at the heart of it all. So you gotta, you gotta be careful with those Drake lyrics. Yeah. I learned the hard way. Uh, apparently Drake is not popular in the Toronto wrestling scene. So yeah. I apologize to my Toronto in Torontonians, Torontonians, Torontonians. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Next time, there next we time go. you're up there, get in the ring and say, you hate Timbits. That'll get a huge, you'll get, you'll get build some heat. Yeah, I know you're gonna have to lie. Everyone loves Tim, Tim Hortons. Hortons. Yeah, you're gonna have to lie. Right. But Tim bits, Tim bits are the small donut shaped uh, donut holes that they sell at Tim Hortons, where you can get like twenty five for sixteen cents or something like that. <laughs> say, say Tim bits, get up, the, get up in the ring and go. Oh man, I I love being in Toronto, where Tim bits are garbage or something. You know, like say something <laughs> like that, and then you, oh boy, you will build some heat for sure. Nope. The last time we were in Toronto, Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks had like the worst luck uh, with uh, customer service the whole time we were there. We Uh went to a restaurant and he ordered a salad. I think that was all he ordered. And Mm -hmm. the salad, it was like, it had like a giant hair or something in it or a couple of hairs. And um, I'm not even sure they, like, they they may not have even like given it to him for free. And then mm-hmm. the next day we went to a Tim Hortons and he ordered a donut and like the donut he got was like half eaten. It was like, <laughs> half, like, it was like half eaten donut. And like, he was just like, what the F is going on? You know, Cause he's like, yeah. they don't curse. So yeah, it's always, he's... what the F is going on here? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Boy, so that's a bad luck. That's a bad luck. Toronto, you guys got to head back there sometime. Let me know. Yeah. I'll take you around town. I don't know where I'm going. Uh, That'd be great. <laughs> So you mentioned uh, matching your scarf to your shoes, and I was just thinking about how my scarf would look. It'd probably be filled with holes if I'm trying to match to my shoes. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do have kind of an update 
on James Willems' Shoe Search uh, 2021, uh, and I wanted to kind of get your opinion on it. Um, these so shoes were actually this. these shoes were actually sent to us over Twitter as a suggestion. They uh, they they sent it over to us, and I want to see what you think about these shoes. These are the uh, it's a Puma Sonic the Hedgehog RSX crossover shoe. Um, they are on sale, which is good for me. Normally priced at ninety five dollars, they are on sale for ninety four dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, <laughs> I am seeing, I am seeing that they are only available in kid sizes up to youth seven. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to be an issue. Yeah, um, if you're a size thirteen. <laughs> uh, I think those tough. are sick, though. Aren't they? Yeah, I think they're cool. Like I love okay. the spinoff of of Sonic the Hedgehog. I've seen this style of shoe before anyway. And, uh, you know, seeing that, like, I actually did see it on Twitter, but I didn't, like, I didn't notice that it was a Sonic the Hedgehog shoe. And so now I'm mm -hmm. seeing that, and it is so much cooler. Like, who doesn't like Sonic the Hedgehog? Like, who didn't play that as a kid? And maybe you'll mm -hmm. even run faster in those. I don't know. But I, I dig them. <sighs> I, I think if you can find your size, this is a good way to go. Like, uh, and then you got to figure out how to wear them. You definitely have to yeah. let those be the star, though. Yeah, I would have to build a whole wardrobe around those shoes. I really like, I, I honestly think the colors, like if there was just another shoe like that that just had those colors, like I, I would probably have been drawn to them just because they were Sonic the Hedgehog colors in general. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I am, I would go for something like this. We mentioned before that there's like, uh, there was a whole Street Fighter collection that came out like a year or two ago. Um, and I think, it, I think it was also Puma um but yeah there's a whole street fighter collection so you can basically get like chun li shoes and oh. i just in terms of someone being an actual sneaker head is that frowned upon in any way like it's or is that still considered much as very much a celebration no whatever like you find something that first anything that's a throwback is cool mm -hmm. you know so okay. street fighter like ever like it's part of the culture everybody like grew up watching uh, playing street fighter mm -hmm. um like Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, character-based stuff with like Chun Li. Like, if, if you get a shoe like that, like that's sick, and, and you just rock those. And and if you look example like these Sonic the Hedgehog shoes, I've talked about this before. Where when you're picking out an outfit, to me, there's always it's it's almost like a wrestling card or a fight card. There's mm -hmm. your main event piece, and then there's mm -hmm. your supporting cast pieces. So l looking at this shoe, to me. That's the main event. Like that's mm -hmm. the show. That's what people are gonna like. Go, ooh, what is that? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, these those shoes are sick. Those are great. Okay, um, I, I don't know where they're. I available. think those are dunks. On the the, okay. the I think they're dunks. Like the the um, what is the character in the white's name? Ryu. Um, Ryu. Ryu. I think yeah. those are dunks. Those are cool. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you just well, you have a, like a, a sick shoe, or if it's a shirt, mm -hmm. or if it's a jacket, like that's the main event piece. Everything else is just supporting cast. So, example, you don't want to wear a crazy wild jacket and crazy wild shoes because then you're just doing way too much. Gotcha. You have to pick one and then everything else. So, if you're going to wear like wild shoes, you go with like a basic outfit, maybe like dark jeans, dark shirt, and mm. let those let those shoes be the the star. I just I just found some now just while we we're talking about it that they have some uh, Onitsuka tigers that have. Chun-Li's color scheme it kind of has like the yellow the blue and the white color scheme um and I I do own a pair of those and I love them 
So maybe maybe there's a world where I can figure out. I'm, try, I'm trying to merge my worlds, you know? Like, I can't just jump into the deep end. I can see you in the Onitsuka Tigers. I used to have a pair of those as well, and they're mm-hmm. really comfortable, and they are super cool and mm-hmm. really functional. Obviously, like, they're light. You can just, they're good on the go. You can travel mm-hmm. on them. Like, so that's a good shoe for you, actually. I can see, and okay. there's a lot of different styles that are really cool. So I, I could see you work in those most definitely. Okay. Yeah. I, I might, I might, you know what? I might, here's the thing. I always do this thing where I'm like, yeah, maybe. And then I look it up and then it's like $500 or, or, or even worse, they're sold out everywhere. I can't buy them online or something like that. And I'm like, oh, the energy I'm going to have to devote to getting these <laughs> shoes is, is now completely ruined momentum. But it, it's nice to know because that's something I was curious about because I do think that my entry point for something like this will be the nerdy entry point the like the nostalgia entry point and these things like these are built on color schemes that i know because i used to play them in video games or what have you you know so nerdy is cool man nerdy is in geeking is in i remember a couple years ago every time i'd go out to the bar club like my look was the button down and then like the big nerd glasses Mm -hmm. (laughs) like some of the pictures i look back at now i'm like Okay, that was a little okay. That was definitely a phase for me, but yeah, mm-hmm. I loved like the big nerd glasses and and the funny thing is like my left eye isn't as good as my right, so I think I might actually need glasses. So okay. when you wear fake glasses, people always ask you like, oh, so you know, people kind of almost look down their nose at you like, so are those real glasses or mm-hmm. are they fake? And I'm always yeah. just like, well, they're fake, but mm-hmm. I actually need glasses. So what you gonna do about it? So like, I think it's, that's I think it's my comeback. It's funny because if you're wearing a baseball cap, no one goes, "Oh, are you playing baseball right now?" Like, like no one cares, right? It doesn't matter. You can that's wear a baseball a cap point. inside, right? So, so who cares if you're wearing glasses? It's part of a style element. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. I love it's it. Not, it's nice to hear that nerds and gamers are cool now because not only are they cool, but they're also in control of the stock market. Sky, have you heard about this? Have you seen? The, arguably, this is the big, the biggest news story of the week. It has spilled out from being this kind of thing that started small in a subreddit somewhere and has expanded out to being this now global concern. Are you familiar with what's happening with the GameStop stocks, gamers versus hedge fund managers? Very little. Please fill me in, my friend. Okay. I mean, it was Eric and I, before the show started, we're trying to figure out if there's a way we can do this in layman's terms. I'm going to give my kind of stock market summary. I was doing some research into it, and hopefully this is just... I'm not great with the financial world, but... The, the way I can put it. And then I want Eric, you, I want you to come on and I want you to read the other version that we found. Okay. So, so I'll start with basically with stocks. Obviously you have companies that have shares. They're worth a certain price. Normally you buy shares and you hope that those shares are worth more because then you paid $10 and now they're worth 20. Generally the way things work, but then there's shorting a stock, which basically means that a company, a manager, or even an individual can borrow stock at a, at a certain price with the expectation that it'll be paid back later um, for less. So if a stock is going down, it's t- worth $10 a share, you borrow 10 shares, and then now you basically have $100 worth of stock, except that you are 
supposed to, you only are charged for that stock later on. So if it's something like GameStop, which wasn't doing very well, or there were estimates that it wouldn't do well, you buy it 10, 10 shares at $10 a share, it's worth $100, but then it drops down to $5 per share. So when it comes time to pay the piper, you're only paying $50. You essentially make 50 bucks, right? Um, what's happening here, though, is that a bunch of these hedge fund managers illegally bought more shares than they were allowed or borrowed more shares than they were allowed to for the GameStop stock. And then a bunch of people on a small corner of the internet saw this, rallied together, got a bunch of people involved, and started buying shares in GameStop to raise the value up. So now GameStop shares are worth, I think, hundreds now. Aren't they worth like 300 something dollars or whatever? So that means that these hedge fund managers who are planning on basically paying it off and making some money now are going to have to owe the difference in all of those shares. So say you have a million shares that you borrowed at $10, thinking that you're going to pay it back at 50 or sorry, $5. Now you're going to pay it back at 300 something dollars. It could ruin a bunch of people. Um, rich people, by the way, um, it could ruin a bunch of hedge fund managers and stuff like that who were trying to count on a company failing to make some money off of it. Now a bunch of gamers are rising up and there's a whole bunch of stuff because the, the systems that they're using to buy those stocks are now telling them they can't, which is like why this is all part of the process. It's okay when other people manipulate the system if they have money and wealth, but it's not, it's not okay for regular people to do it. So there's a whole big thing, but Gamers have got the financial industry by the balls. That was a long-winded way of kind of describing it. Eric, can you chime in with the other one that you found? Yeah, yeah. So I found this uh, online last night. Imagine in Donkey Kong 64, instead of stealing the banana hoard, King K. Rule signed a legally binding contract to buy 101 bananas. He then uses this legally binding guarantee to sell the bananas he'll eventually own to get enough money to afford building K. Rule Island. However, Cranky Kong realizes what King K. Rule is about to do. So instead, he actually buys the bananas for himself at a much higher price. Dare I say, at the price of gold. King K. Rule is still legally bound to buy these 101 golden bananas, despite how high Cranky drove the price up. So, gamers, rise up and help Cranky Kong defeat <laughs> King K. Gamer, K. Rule. In this case, Cranky Kong represents the gamers. <laughs> okay, King wait a minute. King K. Rule, yeah. Who is King K. Rule? Okay, great start. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> I, was, I understood the stocks talk a lot more mm -hmm. until we got on Donkey Kong. And then okay. I was like, remember, I wasn't a gamer. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I, I also so had issues. I had issues with that metaphor as well because I wasn't sure why they chose Donkey Kong 64, considering that's also kind of the plot of Donkey Kong Country, which I mm -hmm. feel like is the more widely known game. Anyway. Um, <laughs> My cat's breath smells like cat food. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I think it's pretty incredible what's happening. I'm worried though, because I think it's to take something like this. A lot of people have put their money into it. There's some people who are doing it for the 
boom, like fight the power kind of system to it. These these hedge fund managers have been taking advantage of us financially for too long, and this is showing them that they can't play by their own rules. And if they try and cheat the system, they're gonna they're gonna get cheated, kind of thing. Um, except they also control all the money, and that means that all the systems that are in place to make that be an open thing is not so open. I don't. Know, it's a crazy wild thing, but I think it is just a testament to where gamers are at you know like in society gamers are dangerous yeah. <laughs> and i love oh, yeah. that like i love sticking it to a man like that like good for them man like yeah good good for them i i applaud this people I these know, are the like same k rule though i don't know <laughs> king k rule so let's find another k- king k rule how can we find a metaphor for king we used a metaphor to explain something else so now we need- if if the million dollar man decided to come in and buy the world heavyweight championship and then somebody else legally won it and put a bunch of money into it then mm-hmm. if he were to buy the championship it would be way more expensive than the price he thought he were buying and then what would he how could he pay virgil he couldn't and then he would yes. have to go do more and then virgil would have to go do more signings at so these, conventions. these hedge fund guys are the million dollar man. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the, the 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 then the system they're working is Andre the Giant uh-huh. and and the the Hebner uh, plastic surgery referee who screwed Hogan out of the championship. Mm-hmm. And Hogan mm-hmm. are the ga- is the gamers. Yep. Yes. That's it. Yes. Ah, yes. I get it go. now. You got yes. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everything we, is wrestling. We they just had to everything put it, down to wrestling. Every we just had to put it in terms you understand, and I think mm-hmm. we really figured it out. We figured it out for sure. How about that storyline, by the way? <laughs> I know the the referee. They wanted to screw Hogan so bad. Mm-hmm. They didn't like just pay off a referee. What they did was they found a guy to pay him to go get plastic surgery. To yeah. look like one of the current referees <laughs> to I screw Hogan out of the title. It was great. And Andre the Giant's finishing move was so good. Like that like front face lock where he'd hook the arm and like mm-hmm. do this weird hip toss over and kind of fall on top of him, but not really. And then mm-hmm. Hogan kicked out anyway. <laughs> it's like, it's uh, if people don't know what we're talking about, you need to go back and look that up. That's hilarious. What so I just weird. we don't even have this in our agenda, but I'm curious. What's your favorite classic wrestling finisher? Ooh. I should have given you more time to think about it, but we're talking about like, like something like it doesn't seem like much, but like it works perfectly for someone like Andre the giant. Like what's, is there a finisher that like you like really love? You know what I really loved, obviously, and uh, because this is a, I'm a huge Bret Hart fan. I grew up, he was Mm -hmm. my favorite wrestler, but the, the sharpshooter, the sharpshooter oh, yeah. was such a cool move when you were a kid. And obviously I know it's like kind of lost its luster nowadays because it's so many people have done it. But if mm-hmm. you go back to the nineties, the sharpshooter was a really cool move and it was something that he can do to anybody. Like he put like Yokozuna in the sharpshooter. He put diesel in the sharpshooter. So like the tall guys, the big guys, like it didn't even matter. And I remember just being like 10 years old and, and just dying to put anyone in the sharpshooter. And then I, mm-hmm. I do it. And it really hurts. Like it hurts when you mm-hmm. put it, like when you're in the sharpshooter. And yeah. so I think that's one of my favorite moves ever. Like, what about you? What are you thinking? The oh, sharpshooter is honestly, when I asked that question, the first thing that I thought of 
Um, so, because I think one of the things I loved about it is, you know, you, you talk about, you know, other finishers, let's throw it to the diamond cutter or whatever, right? Like these finishers like out of nowhere and they changed the tone of the match. So there were so <laughs> many times that like, it wasn't like in a wrestling video game where you knock them down, you walk over to their legs, you press a button and then you put them in the sharpshooter. Someone would be on the top turnbuckle and they'd go for a missile drop kick and then Bret Hart would catch their legs oh, and then yeah. boom, within within a second and a half, they're in the sharpshooter. You're like, what just happened? And I like, completely he... stole that and did yeah. it to Fuego Del Sol. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> on, on an episode of AEW Dark recently. That's, you know, you that's said just Diamond like... Cutter. Like, that yeah, always yeah. reminds me of a story. I have to tell this story. It's, tell it, the story. It's, it's still funny to this day. Um uh, so I was years ago, I was working uh, for Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was like my first time there. Uh, or, or it was actually maybe my second or third time. But this was a pay-per-view. And we had like a four-way match. And uh, I ended up winning the match. And, you know, my finisher is the TKO, which I still use to this day, where basically a lot of people that don't know. I hold the guy on my shoulders like this. And his, uh, his gut is basically on my shoulders. And I'm holding mm-hmm. him. And I've got his head right here. And what I do is I spin their body, kind of throw their body up in the air and spin it, and then their head's here, and I just mm-hmm. kind of pull them down into the canvas, uh, almost like a diamond cutter. Mm-hmm. So I finish the match like that, and I go to the back. And uh, Bubba, Bully Ray, you know, the guy, Bubba mm-hmm. Ray Dudley, mm-hmm. he, uh, he pokes his head out, and he goes, hey, great finish. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he goes, that's my finishing move. And then he walks away, <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like I, I pissed off one of the guys. I should probably go talk to him. And he's, bu- mm-hmm. he's Bully Ray. His name's Bully Ray. Like, you know, I'm yeah. messy. You know, I'm upset a guy named Bully, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, yeah. and I'm trying to earn a job. So I wait a little bit and I go over to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I go say, uh, hey, uh, I, I apologize. I, I didn't know that was your finisher because, you know, he was using the, the diamond cutter. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's like, I didn't know it was your finisher. I, I, I apologize. Uh, you know, for doing the TKO, and he says it's called the Diamond Cutter, and I was <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, and like, I literally said, I was like, uh, oh, I just, uh, sorry, I didn't think it was a big deal because it's like a different move, you know, like the Diamond mm-hmm. Cutter is one thing, and and the TKO is mm-hmm. similar yeah. but a different it's move. A variation, yeah, it's a variation. variation. So Not I explained all pile that to him. Are the same. Yeah, I explained that to him, and he just goes, "It's called the Diamond Cutter." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, okay. But, and then he goes, I'm messing with you. Can I mess with you? And I was like, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like you would never know. Like in a locker room like that, it, if he said that to me, I would just, I would go like, all right, I'm just going to go find a trash can and live in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I also like that he called it the diamond cutter, like, diamond which cutter. would imp- which would diamond cut up, which would imply that it was taken from Diamond Dallas Page, right? Yes. Go on. So, so the the origin there is you stole my finishing move, which I stole from Diamond Dallas Page, who then probably <laughs> yes. took it from someone. Who, who took some, it from Johnny Ace? Yeah, yeah. There you go. But so you made like, it famous. You do it on TV first, brother. It's uh, it's yours. There you go. Oh, I wow. love, by the way, I love Billy Ray. Uh, him and, up, and I end up becoming pretty good friends in Ring of Honor years later. So shout out to Bully Ray. Uh, that was a funny story, though. That's awesome. That's so good. Well, you gave that me some run time I had an impact was different. That was it? Was How was it? Was, it was like, 
I'll tell you another story. Uh, I was, uh, it's actually from the same match. So the, the, basically it was like a tournament. So uh, we wrestled in a four-way match. The winner is going to wrestle Kid Cash. Mm-hmm. And, the win- and whoever wins that match is going to go into an Ultimate X match for the X Division title. So uh, we're going through the phases. <laughs> and it's uh, D'Lo Brown is our agent. And Love it. Uh, I find Love out it. that at the day of the pay-per-view, like, I'm going up in the four-way match. Like, oh, cool. And then, uh, and I'm getting, again, I have no clue what's happening. I'm new. This is like, this is like my second week working for them. Mm-hmm. And so I find out I'm winning the four-way, ma- four-way match. I'm like, oh, cool. And then they call over um, Kid Cash. And uh, D'Lo Brown's like, okay, so what we want to do is uh, they're going to have this four-way match. Scorp's going to win the four-way match. And Cash, we want you to just run in right after and just get the jump on him. Go straight into the heat, beat him down a little bit, give him a little bit, come back. And then if it's cool, can you put Scorp over? And I look over mm-hmm. at Kid Cash. And I'm shocked at that moment, too. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm winning this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I see Kid Cash go, no problem. And I was like, oh, boy, it's a problem. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so so uh, maybe an hour or so later, I'm at catering and I'm hanging out. And one of my buddies who was in the four-way match, his name was uh, Johnny Yuma. He was wrestling as Lars only that night. He runs over to me. And he's like, Sky, Sky. And I was like, uh, yeah, what's up? And he's all, be careful tonight. And I was like, <laughs> why? What, like, what's going on? And he said, we just heard uh, Kid Cash was just talking to us in the dressing room. And he was just explaining. He's like, you think anything you guys do out there is going to mean anything? You think that anybody's going to care about that kid I'm going to wrestle tonight? No, because I'm going to beat the shit out of him. Oh, <laughs> no. I was, like, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And, and so, you know, obviously, again, I'm trying to earn a job. So I was like, I'm just going to have to take a beating, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it is. And, but he wasn't that bad, actually. He was a true professional. He was really fun to work with. And we ended up having dinner with him later that night. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was good times. It was very, very different wow. for like a you know, I was kind of still young at that time, still trying to break into the business, but that's mm-hmm. what you go through. That's that's pretty awesome. That's it's it's funny, and you know, I think we've talked about it before, but you hear about in the wrestling world these stories of like the old guard, like really taking it out, like I'm gonna chop the hell out of you, like in oh, yeah. this match or whatever, like that. But it is it is nice to hear stories like this where it's like, but it is still a business, and everyone's working together to make the business as good as it can be. And I really, that's, that's a pretty amazing story. <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of them. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah. Also, the fact, like, that, the fact that someone ran up to you <laughs> to say, to tell. He's, he's in the locker room. <laughs> like, he's he's going to kill you. <laughs> he, he went and told on him. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that was there, great Sky. that he did because, you know, I was able to prepare mentally for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew, I, I just thought like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to fight him. I'm trying to learn yeah, a job. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I just thought I would just take it. But again, it really wasn't that bad. He, he chopped me up a little bit, but nothing mm-hmm. that I haven't seen before. And so yeah. uh, it ended up being a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, again, really cool guy and got to talk to him, learn a lot from him. And he was very complimentary of, of me and it turned out pretty well. And That's... then I didn't get hired. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. I'll tell you and... one more story about that night. Do it. So we're doing the Ultimate X match, and uh, I believe um, like Zima Ion was supposed to win it or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, San- so the match was me, Kenny King, uh, Kenny King uh, Sanjay Dutt, and um, Zima Ion. And uh, I think at one point, uh, 
Sanjay Dutt hurt his shoulder. He like separated his shoulder during the match, mm-hmm. and he ended up having to go to the back for them to pop it back in. So we're we're going on the fly basically for five or six minutes. We're just making it up as we go along. And for those that don't know what an Ultimate X match is, basically they take these this rope and they put it I don't know ten or fifteen feet above the ring as an X, mm-hmm. and um, the belt is hanging in the middle of that X. And so you have to basically climb up one of the turnbuckles scale across that rope like either crawl like this or like with your feet like and uh and get the belt and so at one point again things you know were just kind of going on the fly and uh at one point i i think i did a dive on the other two guys i start climbing the ropes now i'm crawling uh, i'm scaling across the rope and i look over the corner of my eye and nobody is stopping me there it is right there that's the Mm -hmm. ultimate x match but instead of there being an x there was a title right there so it's pretty Mm -hmm. high actually so yeah. I'm crawling across that uh, that rope towards the belt, inch by inch, and I'm trying to take my time without looking ridiculous, but nobody is coming to stop me. And so I'm thinking for a second, should I just go into business for myself and win this title? <laughs> and, and, and then they kind of have to hire me, right? <laughs> yeah. But then I thought, no, I can't do that. No. And, 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 but I, you know, these are, it's a matter of just seconds, but I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, no one's stopping me, and thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Kenny King, good brother, jumps up on the apron and he yells "spear" and he jumps up and does a springboard and spears me out off of it before I have a chance <laughs> to get the belt. I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> wow, that's that's awesome. That's so cool. I also can I just point out that you telling stories about like adventures in wrestling is almost identical to Eric describing the plot of Donkey Kong sixty four. You're like, so no. I was in the back. I was in the back, and Cranky Kong, he, you see, Cranky <laughs> Kong was here, but it wasn't until I was on the apron, and then King K. Rule, he did a springboard. Like, like it's basically interchangeable Listen, at this point. No, I understand when you're talking about Sanjay Dutt, Kenny King, Ultimate X, I get it. I just think that, I just think you look great. Like, how did you feel about your impact run, even though you didn't get picked up there? Because it all led, here's the thing, all roads led to where you are now. So, I think that personally, I think your impact run was cool. Cool little run just to get a little feature in a company and a a company that uh, now AEW is invading weekly, uh, which is crazy. And so now think about this. All roads lead to where you are. What if you went into business for yourself, showed up and all of a sudden, boom, world title. (laughs) That would be very interesting. You know, like uh, the story of Mason Andrews is yet to be told. (laughs) So uh, you know, there's a couple of guys in Impact that are really, really good that, you know, if I was asked to work uh, a match against, I definitely would. Like, Chris Bay and I are, are buddies, and we wrestled a few times, and but he's miles better now. Look at me there. Look at that young, young, <laughs> so full of hope. skinny kid. So full of hope and dreams. <laughs> and That was before the business really just made mm-hmm. me the grizzled, bitter vet i am the podcast business you mean right (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh you know chris bay is a extremely talented guy there and he's he's better than he's ever been before and so um Mm -hmm. i I would mind wrestling him and and there's just you know there's some some talent over there uh but i'm gonna hold it down for ae dub you know uh Mm -hmm. we're better than they are clearly everyone Mm -hmm. knows that so uh, I don't think there should be any types of. I mean, I hope they're not thinking about invading us because, um, 
you know, they're going to, you know, what, what is yeah. Kevin Hart used to say? Say, get your cap pushed back blue or whatever he used to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever it was. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, don't come, don't come to that. You don't yeah, want it. I don't think so. Wow. That's, well, those are pretty, those are pretty amazing stories. I, uh, I fear for impact should they try anything. I fear for them. Um, oh, yeah. I, I got to spend a little bit more time thinking about my favorite finisher. Um, and so if I can just wax nostalgic real quick, I would say, since you already picked the sharpshooter, I'm probably going to say the perfect plex. Um, I, I loved it. It's essentially a fisherman suplex with a bridge, but, uh, I, for, for whatever reason, I was always into it. And again, going back to the video game thing, it was the kind of move that was animated really well in a video game. I don't know what that even means, but like. There was a lot of finishers that just would look okay, and if you played as Mr. Perfect and you did his finisher, it just looked super cool, and it also always leads to a pin. I I always loved I always loved the Perfect Plex. So that, yeah, that was awesome. a really cool move. You're, that's yeah. a good pick because the way Mr. Perfect did it was so like just clean, and he almost mm-hmm. did it in slow motion. You know, yeah. like it was just like this like very smooth way he went into it, and his bridge was great. You mm-hmm. know, uh, Penelope Ford does a really good version of the perfect mm-hmm. flex in AEW. Yeah. She has like an amazing bridge. Like it's weird. Like she can get like like that with her bridge. On the toes. And so she'll do the yeah. yeah, deep on the toes and like a huge um like this arch to her back. Like she has this this crazy like she looks like a upside down you or something mm-hmm. when she does it. Um yeah. and so she has a great version of that move. That's that's yeah it's good pick. that's it's a great move. I love it. I want I I you know I just I, I, I let us know uh, shoot us some messages what your favorite old school finishers are and we'll tell you you're wrong or you're right. Um, <laughs> we'll t- we'll tell you whether or not uh, there's a old old guard wrestler backstage who has some thoughts. Um, but yeah, make sure to send us a message or, or send us an Instagram at wwtwpod uh, on Instagram um, and let us know uh, what you think about your favorite finisher. We don't, we don't have a ton of time left. I feel right. like there's some other things we wanted well, to touch I got one. on, though. Yeah. I got one I want to touch on. Touch, uh, touch. You know, going back to finishers, I'll tell you one finisher that was really cool, which is the Steiner recliner. Yeah! And speaking of Scott Steiner, oh. we yeah. see the goatee growing. It's coming in. <laughs> and Eric. I- Dude, that when you said Steiner recliner, I genuinely popped and didn't put the pieces together from last week. And I'm like, oh, cool, Scott Steiner. And then, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> we see uh, it growing in. Uh, are in. we going to get a little big pop a pump? Listen, I'm trying. I'm, I, I'll, do, I'll do it for you guys. But, like, really, like, look at how pencil thin. Like, I don't know that it could look worse. But, no, I, think I, mean, I think it's coming. I think it could look worse. <laughs> and it will look worse when you, when you bleach it. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, so good. Dude, it's so no good. offense to Scott Steiner. I'm sure he will take offense to it, but no offense to Scott Steiner. It looks dis- his face, his facial hair looks disgusting. No, it looks so cool. <laughs> well, the real and question I is when you, it. when you great. get that going, are you going to get the the chain head? Oh, piece I, too? yeah, you so, have yeah, to. Like you the thing to. that you have to get with that, I have to get some like '90s wraparound glasses, and mm-hmm. I got to get the chain mail, and then also I want to walk a tiger to the ring one oh, time. Oh, baby! Oh, baby! Yeah. Yeah, and then also I'm gonna start screaming. He's not getting up from this one, and then just start Steiner screwdriving. You know, I know that's Brian Cage's move now. Yeah, he does the drill claw. He's got the big, you know, mm-hmm. the suplex into the pile driver. But 
I think I, you know, I'll just say it. I think I could take him. I know that they got a match against Sting and Darby Allen. It's him and, and Stroke Daddy you, Ricky Starks. So but what is this, what move is not Brian Cage's move? Yeah, right, That's dude. Hey, he's Does he Mr. Get My Shit get, In, no doubt. Exactly, yes, exactly. He does dude, every move. We should every single we, move. We're going to book a fantasy match that will play out in our heads, which is Eric oh. versus Brian Cage fight for the finisher. Whoever wins gets to keep the Steiner driver. <laughs> I love it. I could take, I look at this. It. Look, listen, listen. Mm-hmm. I, oh my gosh, look at that. Look, you, look at those peaks. You guys peaks. ever seen this before? Look at those listen. peaks. Big storms on the freaks to go with those I peaks. only care about two things, my peaks and my freaks. I got freaks <laughs> nine days a week. That's all I'm saying. Brian Cage, nice. look out. Please don't hurt me. I'm sorry for this. It's just a podcast. I love it. <laughs> And uh, you know, James, uh, speaking yeah. of of freaks and peaks and mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah, that yeah. good stuff, have you been on social media lately? Have you been seeing all of these bus it challenge? I no no. The shorter okay. answer is no. I had to ask Eric what a bus it challenge is before it started, and then I googled it, and I think I figured it out. But please, for anyone who doesn't know, like me, can yes. you explain it? Let me explain briefly. Uh, it. it you know, TikTok, Instagram. For those that don't know, go on um, TikTok and Instagram, look, search up hashtag bus it challenge. And um, I'll tell you what it is. Basically, it, it's a song, bus it, bus it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to try to sing it. Uh, <laughs> and people are basically starting out in like, they're kind of bumming it clothes. They, they might mm-hmm. be in bathrobes and no makeup or just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. And they start like that. Uh, and uh, And it's like the, my butt getting big, butt getting big. <laughs> And when mm-hmm. that part kicks in, they drop down mm-hmm. and it flips. And now they're like in full glam. Um, gotcha. If you're a guy or whatever, you might be in a suit or something. Mm-hmm. And and then they're dressed up really nice and they're kind of just booty popping. So okay. those videos are really big right now. Okay. And so my question is, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you, I, I guess, you know, you did answer the first question. My question was going to be, have you been watching the Busset Challenge? And what's it going to take to get you to do one yourself? To do one myself. Well, you know, I'd do anything for this show. Um, but I feel like we should we have to at least issue some sort of challenge. I d okay. what's is is there a way we could like put a poll up or something? We could we could ask people or set if yes. we get a certain number of of likes on a on an Instagram post or something like that, we we can get I'll I will do a busted challenge. I will okay. accept the challenge. But not for free. Okay. Let's let's put a let's put a, a poll up on okay. uh, on WWTW uh, POD on the Wrestling with the Week podcast Instagram account. Maybe mm-hmm. we put it in the Instagram story, and people okay. can vote yes or no. Should you do a bus it challenge? And then if if we get the majority saying yes, okay, then we uh, and I and yeah. maybe you know we can we can get it going and by the next episode of Wrestling with then, the Week, uh, we will deli- will del- I will deliver if the people want it. I will deliver my own Busset challenge, and we will we will show it off on social media, and then maybe we can also premiere it next week on the show. Yes, yes, Does okay, that sound good. Uh, li- listeners, all of you, millions upon millions of loyal Wrestling with the Week mm-hmm. podcast listeners, I need you to go to this Instagram account. I need you just pick, just look at our great friend James, and just picture him doing a Busset challenge. It's going to be so good. Please get on there and vote yes. I'm going to show you my whole busset. That's the thing. You're going to get a whole busset out of this. That goes for you too, Bill Gates. We know you're listening. 
Um, well, I mean, that's a huge tease for next week. I hope, I hope we don't lose. What if we get, what if we look at the numbers and they're lower next week? Because people are like, I skipped, I skipped that one. Sorry guys. Uh, no bust it for me. Um, but no, I will bust a challenge if the people, if the people so want it. And, uh, until then though, I think that's, I think we've gotten through the week. We burned through yeah. another week here on wrestling with the week. And uh, I had a blast. I really like listening to wrestling stories. I wish I had some wrestling stories. I might just make some up. Like, oh yeah, you know, I was <laughs> back there. Arn pulled me aside, and he's you. You know, he said, "You're you know, you're great." And anyway, um, <laughs> I got a million of them. We got to get Frankie Kazarian on here at one point because he has so many stories, so many great stories, mm-hmm. and he's like one of the best storytellers I've ever met in my entire life in or out of the ring. Like he's just got stories that are hilarious. So at some point we got to get him on here and just, just to let him just go and tell us a few. I mean, just, uh, just, just a good old, like, whatever you want, Jim. Like a lot of people (laughs) will hear me say that a lot. If Mm -hmm. we can get him on here to tell the, whatever you want, Jim, (laughs) like that story. Okay. That's one of the best ever. So, all right. Another one down, another week down. Another week down. We got a lot of stuff to look forward to as this show continues. We're going to have more stories. We're going to have more news. We're going to have more fun anecdotes. I'm probably going to buy some shoes. We didn't even get to touch on the NBA or what video games I'm playing or any of those things. So you're going to have to come back next week and find out all about that stuff. Thank you, everybody, for watching and for listening and for sharing this podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Click, share. Thank you for everyone who's tweeting us and telling us that you like it. Uh, I don't think I've gotten, I've gotten anything when anyone say they hate it. Have you gotten any hate? People love you. Like you're loved. Me? Oh yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. I see so many tweets. They're like, oh my God, Wrestling of the Week is so good. James Willems, it's so awesome. It's Scorpio's guy. <laughs> no, that's only because I'm willing to bus it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for doing it, my friend. No, of course. And thank you all for watching, listening. Sky, every single week, this is the highlight. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back next time with more Wrestling with the Week.